afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Happy New Year. Happy 2024. I think I can still say that. Matter of fact, uh, I, I can probably say that for as long as I want to say it, right? Happy 2024. You know, sometimes I've got a pile of stuff here. Um, you know, just sometimes looking at this pile here, the, the news, it feels like uh, that we're picking up right where 2023 left off. Sometimes it feels that way. I mean, we've got a we've got a fight in Iowa. We're going to talk about. We got a fight in Ohio. We're going to talk about. If we have time today, we've got a fight in California. We're going to talk about. And it feels like uh, the fight is just never ending, and we're picking right back up where we left off. And that might be the case because, because this fight is going to be ongoing. But my friends, but there is hope. I am sensing hope on the horizon. I don't know about you. I don't know what you did New Year's Eve. I don't know where you found yourself New Year's Eve. Maybe you found yourself going to bed at nine o'clock. I don't know. Yeah, but but Cindy and I were with um, a group of young people on New Year's Eve, college age, you know, early thirties, younger than us, and uh, just you know, listening to them, watching them. Uh, I am filled with hope. I am filled with hope for the future. I just am. I think, you know, I think, yes, we've got a fight on our hands, but I think we're staring victory in the face. I don't think, you know, we're going to, you know, clutch uh, defeat from the jaws of victory here. I I don't think we're going to um, experience what the refs did to the Detroit Lions last Saturday night, ripped victory right out of their hands. Uh-uh. No, I, I think we're staring victory in the face and I think we're going to go after it. You know, I was, you know, looking at video clips from, you know, friends in various parts of the country, you know, they're, they're sending me and, you know, on, on their new year's Eve experience. Uh, and it just wasn't anything that you would expect. Young people that are excited, young people that are engaged Young people that are looking forward uh, to 2024, not depressed about it. They're not anxious about it. Uh, you know, we've got a, a big time election coming up this year. And, uh, you know, you know, my experience on New Year's Eve and, and, and watching the experience of others, you know, looking at the video clips that have come into me. I don't think that we're looking at uh, that we have uh, a group of young people that are shaking in their boots that who are afraid um you know i think they're they're ready to go after it and i don't know about you but that just gives me hope it instills me with with a sense of uh okay all right let's get out there and go after it you know let's not uh this isn't a time to to cower it's not a time to be afraid uh, it's not a time to relax either it's a time to go after it and and I, I think that's what 2024 is going to be. It's going to be us going after it. It's going to be a freedom-loving, patriot, conservative, uh, you know, Christian Americans that are ready to take the bull by the horns. And let's, you know, we talked about this yesterday. What, what do we want to 
conserve as conservatives what are we what do we want to conserve in the uh, you know in the November issue of Primus, uh, Dr. Arn talks about this and let me pull this up here and I'll quote from it. He says, this is just here in the first paragraph. He says, the word conservative is referential. It's meaningless without a reference to what one wishes to conserve. You know, so what do we want to conserve? What are we looking to, to conserve? And I guess, you know, pick your... Uh, Pick your category. You know, you want to conserve something in education. Do you want to conserve something in government? Uh, you know, do you want to not conserve something in government or not conserve something in education? You know, business, uh, I don't know, arts, entertainment, science, health, medicine, you name it. Is there an area, you know, that interests you? And, and what about that do you want to conserve? What 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 element of it? What portion of it? He continues, he says, uh, and some of the most important things to conserve today had their origins in revolution. Socratic philosophy marked a radical departure from tradition. So did Judaism and Christianity. So did the American founding. These revolutions were opposed by the conservatives of their day. Interesting, because people wanted to conserve the opposite. They didn't want uh, Socratic philosophy to take hold. There were groups that didn't want Judaism to take. There were groups of, of Jews that didn't want Christianity to take hold. And that's why, that's why they crucified Jesus. And there were certainly groups that did not want the uh, American founding to take hold. You know, they wanted to, to conserve the, the British rule of their day. Uh, but all these are sources, this is what Arndt says, all these are sources of our philosophic, religious, and political inheritance today. But yet, you know, people, conservatives of that day, didn't want them. Well, the conservatives of today, what are we trying to conserve? Well, what don't we want? Well, I can tell you, we don't want sexually explicit books in our schools. We don't want that. Uh, we we don't want um, our our children going to the doctor only to you know be uh, under the threat of being mutilated sexually. Uh, we don't want our children uh, being indoctrinated in their uh, in their classrooms and their schools. These are things that I think I can speak for all conservatives. Um, you know, these are things that that we don't want. And this is what we are out to conserve. This is what we're after. Uh, and I think that there is a generation of young people uh, that's coming up, at least behind my generation, and they are in, in lockstep with me. They are in full agreement with me that, yes, they don't want uh, their children to 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 experience sexually explicit books and, and libraries in their schools. They don't want their children to... Um, to have this threat of uh, transgender, you know, surgery. Uh, you know, they, they they don't want their children to to be indoctrinated in their elementary classrooms. And, and these three particular issues, well, they're they're front and center. I mean, this is the this is the the, the front line 
and the uh, cultural war in America here today in 2024. And I'm, I don't, uh, I sense victory. I mean, yes, it, it, you know, we are picking right up where we left off in 2023. I've got an article here from December 30th, another article from December 30th, another article from December 30th, an article from January 2nd. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just transitioning uh, from one calendar date to another. And this fight's going to continue. This fight's ongoing. Uh, but this fight's only going to lead to victory. Because Americans, we don't want it. We, I know this listening audience doesn't want it. Uh, you know, I know that for a fact. This, this article from Iowa, the headline is Judge Block's Iowa Law, Keeping Sexually Explicit Books Out of Schools. All right, one judge. The law was passed by the state legislature, signed by Governor Reynolds, and one judge said, eh, no, I don't think so. One federal judge in Iowa blocked a law intended to keep sexually explicit books out of schools and prevent elementary school students from being taught gender ideology in the classroom. That's the opening paragraph. Judge Stephen Locker, Locher, Loker, I don't, I don't know. Judge, maybe it's Stefan also. Judge, I might be destroying your name. My apologies. Uh, this federal judge appointed by Biden uh, ruled that the Iowa law was, quote, unreasonable and puritanical. Hmm. Not that it was unconstitutional, mind you. No, it was. It's, it's puritanical. This law sounds too much like the Puritans. Yeah, we can't have that. It sounds too much like the, the founding. Can't have that. It sounds too much like, you know, I don't know, the 1600s, you know, when the Puritans came over and, and everything was about, you know, God, everything was about morality. Uh, you, you know, we, we can't have laws that look like and sound like that, can we? This, the, the judge here does not mention the law being unconstitutional. Here's what he says, quote, it, he's referring to the law, requires the wholesale removal of every book containing a description or visual depiction of a sex act, regardless of context. Oh, here we are. We're back to context. What is this, this judge went to the uh, the, the President Claudine Gay School of uh, Testimony here? Context. It depends on context. Uh, and this law, how dare this law? require the wholesale removal of every book containing a description or visual depiction of a sex act, regardless of the context. We can't have that. Why, there might be a pictorial uh, description of a sex act that, uh, you know, given the context, it's appropriate for a kindergartner to, to, to look at. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I just... Uh, you know, if you don't laugh about the stupidity, but here's the thing. Once you're done laughing about the stupidity, you've got to fight it because, you know, just laughing it off isn't, uh, you know, <laughs> we can't stop it just laughing. While it makes me laugh just because it's it's such a moronic statement. I mean, this man's a judge. 
his quote continues, the underlying message in this law is that there is no redeeming value to any such book, even if it is a work of history. Self-help guide. What? A self-help guide? What type of self-help guide contains descriptions or visual depictions of sex acts that that an elementary student needs help with? Judge. Uh, I don't. uh, Can you help me? Anybody? Anybody out there? Is there is there anybody uh, who can can say, yes, Dean, I I I I know of an instance. I know of, of some contextual uh instances where it's it's you know important for an elementary student to be looking at a this type of self-help. Oh but, but the judge continues. Um uh, you know what if what if the book is an award-winning novel or uh, some other piece of serious literature? You know what if? Uh, I mean, shouldn't a visual depiction or description of a sex act be allowed in a school library if it's you know a work of history or if it's a self-help guide or if it's an award-winning novel or if it's some other piece of serious literature? That's what the judge is saying. Uh, he's saying, I don't care what the parents want. I don't, you know, yes, they have they have elected their representatives to make laws for them, but I don't care what they want. I don't care what these representatives, you know, what the law is. And and here's why. Here's why he doesn't care, because his quote continues. In effect, he says, the legislature has imposed a puritanical pale of orthodoxy over school libraries. This is why this judge doesn't want this law to to go into effect or to continue existing because in his view it imposes a puritanical pale of orthodoxy which is you know legal speak for religion uh, it's it's a puritanical pale of orthodoxy or religion over school libraries yeah, it's too puritanical it sounds you know it's just I don't know it's it's just just too religious. It's, you know, these religious types, they want to to impose God in our school libraries. How dare they? How dare they impose this puritanical pale? Um, Or Paul, I'm sorry, it's pronounced Paul, not pale. Paul of orthodoxy. Um, You know, this, this, uh, this, this whole idea, this... Of, of of religion of of God of of yeah uh, you know he he has taken uh, his his own opinion of what he wants society to look like and this one man in a robe and he has overridden the opinion of the people essentially you know because he's overridden the 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 state legislature which is duly elected by the citizens of Iowa. And this one man says, you know, there's a pall of orthodoxy. Uh, and it's imposed, you know, it, it sounds too puritanical. It sounds too much like the Puritans. We can't have this. So here's, here's how the governor responds. Instruction on gender identity 
and sexual orientation has no place in kindergarten through sixth grade classrooms. Thank you, Governor. You're correct. It doesn't. I don't care how puritanical it sounds, Judge. It has no place in our elementary classrooms. Reynolds continues, and there should be no question that books containing sexually explicit content, as clearly defined in Iowa law, do not belong in school libraries for children. The fact that we're even arguing these issues is ridiculous. The real debate should be about why society is so intent on over-sexualizing our young children. It's wrong, and I will continue to do my part to protect their innocence. Um, you know, but the judge says, yeah, uh, I mean, if it's, you know, if it's a work of history, shouldn't we allow it? I mean, if it's a self-help guide, I mean, you know, what if it's an award-winning novel? Uh, I'm sure there are plenty of award-winning novels out there, judge, that we do not want uh, our elementary students to have access to. And, and no, it's not book banning. I mean, the adults can read them all day long. We're not banning them from the adults. We're using wisdom and we're using common sense and how we want our children, sir, to be raised. And it's it, it's not how you want them to be raised. I can tell you that right now. How we want them to be raised does not include uh, children reading self-help books that would contain descriptions or visual depictions of sex acts, Your Honor. Uh, it, you know, the governor here is right. Instruction on gender identity and sexual orientation has no place in elementary classrooms. So here we're just picking it right back up. I mean, but the fight continues, and we're going to go after it because we're shining the light of truth on the educational landscape in this country, and it's always followed by hope. And I'm telling you, there is hope around the corner. All right, we'll pick this up on the other side of this break. Happy New Year. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Well, 
Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Happy New Year. We are happy to have you on board. You can find us here at americaoutloud.news Monday through Friday at the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot. We are happy to have you on board. Have you been to americaoutloud.news lately? Uh, the website is completely revamped and it looks fantastic. Uh, I, I know some of you may be listening uh, live via the app that you can download for your Android, your Apple, or your Alexa, or you may be listening to us in podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, we are there. Uh, so uh, if you're listening in those venues, and maybe you haven't been to the site yet, but AmericaOutloud.news is revamped and it looks fantastic. The uh, the folks involved in, in, in making this network uh, the very best it can be, have they, they've outdone themselves because this site looks fantastic. Malcolm and the team, uh, excellent work on the site. So visit the site, visit the shop, americaoutloud.shop. Uh, and then, of course, you can you know type in the coupon codes and get, uh, get discounts on uh, everything, everything there. Save 25% using code out loud. And, you know, what I what I like and I talk about all the time is the uh, the Cofix RX. And ho- hopefully it kept you guys healthy over Christmas. I know it did me. Uh, Cofix RX has absolutely bailed me out this year during the flu season. Uh, out loud 25. Out loud 25 is the code there and you'll get 25% off. Uh, so visit AmericaOutloud.shop, visit AmericaOutloud.news, the new website looks fantastic. All right, uh, so we're talking about, you know, picking picking up where we left off. We're picking up 24 where we left off 23, and that's okay. That's all right, because there's a fight ahead of us, and we're going to go after it. I, I, I see victory down the road, as I said in the first segment, after, you know, what I witnessed New Year's Eve, just the places you know, the place that Cindy and I were at and, you know, seeing the videos that have come in to me from friends over the country, throughout the country, you know, where they spent their New Year's Eve and just uh, the, the caliber of kids that that we have coming up. And this is why the attack is so heavy on our kids, because if, you know, I hate to say it this way, but if the American left, if the progressives, if the Marxists can get their hands on our children, then they can dictate the future. And that's where we're at. They can, If they can get their slimy, grimy little tentacles into the education system in this country, then, you know, they will have achieved what they want. You know, but we're not just going to roll over and let it happen. We aren't. And I hope that the governor here in Iowa doesn't just roll over. And it sounds like she's not going to. It sounds like she's not going to let this unelected uh, judiciary appointed by Biden just, you know, waltz in and decide, you know, what he's going to say is good for the people. Um, She says that uh, the fact that we're even arguing these issues is ridiculous. The real debate should be about why society is so intent on over-sexualizing our young children. It's wrong, and I will continue to do my part to protect their innocence. So hopefully she's going to stick to her words. You know, but she raises an interesting point. 
uh, and that is uh, this question why society is so intent on oversexualizing our kids. And why is it always the Democrats? This judge who was appointed by Biden, you know, says this law is unreasonable, it's puritanical. You know, he mentions nothing about it being unconstitutional. It just doesn't fit with his political agenda or his ideology. And why in the world? All right. What would you would anybody, whether Republican or Democrat, I don't care, independent. Why would they want to block this law? All right. It's Senate uh, file 496. And um, uh, it requires parental notification if a child claimed to be transgender. It also aimed to get gender ide- ideology out of the classroom. And we're talking for kindergarten through sixth grade. Why would you oppose this? This is this is a direct quote from the law itself. A school district shall not provide any program, curriculum, test, survey, questionnaire, promotion, or instruction relating to gender identity or sexual orientation to students in kindergarten through sixth grade. All right. Why would you block that? But, but this this judge is of the opinion that this imposes a puritanical hall of orthodoxy over school libraries. Uh, you want to you want to stop instruction that relates to gender identity or sexual orientation to little kids who have not experienced yet. They, you know, they've they've not gone through puberty, you know, for the most part. Um, and, and even if they are at at sixth graders, they're just, you know, they don't understand what's happening to them. Why do you want to instill this type of instruction in their hearts and minds? This is the question that Reynolds is asking. Why are we so intent on this, over sexualizing our elementary students? And why is it why is it always the Democrats? You know, why do the liberals want to to press this so heavy on our children? Uh, that's a great question. And you know what 2024 is, my friends? It's an election year. Who are you voting for? That is, I, you know, look around. Uh, you, you know, when, when you vote this, <laughs> this November, when this fall comes up and you're voting, and you're voting for your state legislatures. You're voting for your 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 federal congressmen. You need to you need to find out where they stand on these issues. Where do they stand on, um, you know, sexually explicit books in our libraries? Where do they stand on uh, on the banning of transgender surgeries? You, you know where. I tell you what, if you you know Ohio, of course, Dewine is not up this this fall. He was elected in twenty two, so he's not up again until twenty six. But oh, we're going to get to Dewine in just a minute. We're, <laughs> we're going to get to the fight that is happening in Ohio. But I want to wrap up Iowa. One more quote here, and this is from Mike Baranak, who's the president of the Iowa State Education Association. Well. What's the Iowa State Education Association, you ask? And if your answer was the teachers union in Iowa, you would be correct. Here's where the president of the teachers union stands on all of this. 
He says, quote, when education professionals return to work next week, they can do what they do best, take great care of all their students without fear of reprisal. So he supported the judge's decision. He's, he's in support of this one lone black robe judge to make the decision that this law it imposes a puritanical pall of orthodoxy over school libraries. And it's the teachers union president's point of view that teachers, when they, when they return this week, back to this brand new year, they can do what they do best. And that's take great care of all their students without fear of reprisal, because by golly, this law left a fear of reprisal hanging over them. This law made it so they could not take care of all their students without fear of reprisal. Yes, this law, you know, makes it illegal for them to talk about gender ideology in their classroom. And now that they can talk about gender ideology again, well, they can take great care of all their students. Uh, I, uh, you know, so you see where, where the teachers union falls. Uh, the, 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 the communist manifesto, my friends, the 45 goals uh, to take over America, the 45 goals that the communists had set to take over America. I think it was goal 17, uh, maybe 15. I mean, it's early on in the 45 goals, but, but the goal was to get control of the education system, including the teachers unions, including the curriculum, including the textbooks to infiltrate it with Marxist propaganda. And, and that's what we're looking at here. I mean, the teachers union here, at, at least in Iowa, I mean, it's been infiltrated. I mean, we talked about the teachers union in Chicago. We know that's been infiltrated. And I imagine uh, teachers unions all over the country, um, you know, it's a mess. And this this guy here in Iowa, Mike Baranak, I mean, he's all for it. However, the Iowa Attorney General, Brenna Byrd, she promises to keep on fighting. In her statement, she said, I'm deeply disappointed in the district court's decision today. Sexually explicit books do not belong in our elementary school libraries or classrooms. Not only is it common sense, it's the law. And it is common sense. And in her opinion, it's still the law. I kind of like this lady. She says, as Attorney General... I will keep on fighting to protect families, enforce the law, and keep inappropriate books out of the hands of children in schools. So uh, I wonder what, you know, what is she saying here? Is she saying that one lone judge does not have the authority to override the law? Can can one, uh, you know, member of the judiciary block a law without even mentioning if it's uh, unconstitutional or not? You know, the only thing he says is that it's, it imposes a puritanical hall of orthodoxy. Uh, you know, I mean, that might be your opinion, sir, but is the law constitutional? Oh, we got a fight going on in Iowa. We've got a fight going on in Iowa. And, you know, we just have to stay at it. We have to stay at it. We had a fight going on in Ohio. This guy in Ohio, uh, DeWine. So you saw that he uh, he blocked this law, um, vetoed it. It looks like um, he uh, this bill that would have banned 
transgender surgeries on children. And this came out just really at the end of at the end of December. Uh, and Trump weighed in on it. Did, did you see what Trump had to say about it? He uh, this this article is from the Daily Wire. And it's entitled, What Was He Thinking? Trump Rips Ohio Governor Over Veto of Bill Banning Transgender Surgeries. Uh, here's what Trump says. DeWine has fallen to the radical left. No wonder he gets loudly booed in Ohio every time I introduce him at rallies. Is that true? You you folks in, in Ohio, how do you feel about DeWine? I mean, you can't be happy with him after this. But I won't be introducing him anymore, Trump says. I'm finished with this stiff. What was he thinking? The bill would have stopped child mutilation and prevented men from playing in women's sports. Legislature will hopefully overturn, do it fast. Uh, and it looks like this Ohio legislature, they have a super majority. So we're going to see what happens there in Ohio. If you have a supermajority, you can override a governor's veto, obviously. So you've got a Republican governor in Ohio, and the Republicans have a supermajority in Ohio. Uh, you know, and you've got this man who vetoes this bill that's going to ban transgender surgeries on children. Uh, and and we're going to see. I I I can't imagine this legislature not uh, not um, overriding this. This veto. DeWine said at a press conference following his decision to veto the legislation that if the bill were to become law, the government would be encroaching on parents' rights. Holy smokes. It's his opinion that the government would be encroaching on parents' rights because the government is banning transgender surgeries? Huh. Um, okay. Uh, J.D. Vance weighed in. He is obviously the uh, senator from Ohio. Uh, this is a slogan, not a justification, Vance said. There are many things the law rightfully says no one, including parents, may do to children. Thank you, sir. Thank you, J.D. Vance. This slogan also ignores the extraordinary pressure from interest groups and big pharma to greenlight poorly understood irreversible procedures. I'm extremely disappointed in the governor's decision and hope it is overridden. And it's I'm, I'm sure it will be. I would be absolutely shocked if it wasn't. You know, so the question Trump asks, what was he thinking? What in the world was this guy thinking? Uh, that he's going to to veto this bill uh, that blocks transgender surgeries of minors. Well, there's an article here that tells us maybe what the governor was thinking. This article is also from the Daily Wire, and it's entitled "Compromised by Dollar Signs." Bum bum bum. Shocker. Report claims hospital donors behind Ohio governor's transgender treatment veto. <laughs> oh, it's going to get interesting. Here we go. Uh, the article says Governor Mike DeWine raised eyebrows when he vetoed House Bill 68 last Friday, a measure that would have prevented biological males from participating in women's athletics 
Oh, did you know that was part of it? Huh? But, you know, we're going to infringe on, on parents' rights if we let this happen. Um, and the law also would have barred doctors from prescribing puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones to children. But critics question whether campaign donations may have been behind the 11th hour veto. <laughs> According to a report, published that same day by the Daily Caller News Foundation. Between, between 2018 and 2030, DeWine had received some $40,000 in campaign donations from several children's hospitals and organizations that support access to transgender medical treatment for minors. Oh, come on. Come on. You know, as politicians, don't you have to pay attention to, to who you're taking money from? And shouldn't who you're taking money from align with your personal values? Well, maybe in this case it does. And uh, and, and if it's uh, aligning with DeWine's personal values, we have to ask, is he a conservative? And if he is, what does DeWine want to conserve? What's he all about conserving? Does he want to con conserve the right of hospitals to make a fast dollar? on these surgeries that mutilate children because it's the, the latest rage? Is that what he wants to conserve? Does he want to conserve his donor base? Does he want to conserve his deep pockets? Oh, we've got we've to ask these questions. The donations in question. Oh, I'm coming up on the break. I can't keep going with this article. I'll tell you what, I will on the other side, though. Ah, you're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. We'll pick this up on the other side. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. AmericaOutloud.news was an idea, a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out AmericaOutloud.shop. Look for ASEA Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing 
giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are happy to have you on board with us today. And Happy New Year. Happy 2024. We are looking for great things in 2024. I mean, the fight is still on. And that's really what we're talking about today is the fight. The fight is still on. But, you know, 2024 is going to bring victories. In my opinion, maybe it's just because I'm a glowing optimist. Uh, or or maybe it's it's you know because of of New Year's Eve. I mean, as I said earlier, Cindy and I were you know we were with college age thirty something kids, I guess as I'd call them. I mean, they're kids to me. They could all be my kids, uh, and, and I'm encouraged by it. Uh, just you know, being with this group of people and and receiving videos from friends across the country of their New Year's Eve and the kids that they're with and just um I, I just i feel good about the outlook i guess is what i'm saying at the same time you know we we're, we are, are we're not sticking our, our heads in the sand we're not blind to what's happening i mean we've we've discussed it already today um you know we've we've talked through this judge in iowa who has blocked um, this law that is banning sexually explicit books. This judge wants sexually explicit books in elementary. You know, we're talking about, you know, Mike DeWine, who the governor in Ohio, who's vetoed this bill that would ban transgender surgeries. And it also would um, have prevented men from playing in women's sports. And and DeWine's like, eh, no, let's let's go for it. I mean, let's make this happen. You know, and uh, you know, Trump asks, "What was he thinking?" And and his truth post. And there's this article in the Daily Wire that kind of talks about maybe what he was thinking. And this is where we we finished the last segment. Uh, the The Daily Wire is reporting this report that's published from the Daily Caller that between 2018 and 2023. DeWine received some $40,000 in campaign donations from several children's hospitals and organizations that support access to transgender medical treatment for kids. So these hospitals are, uh, um, you know, they're pushing this and then, you know, they're sending, they're sending DeWine some money. Come on, DeWine. We expect you to veto this bill that's coming down the pike. I mean, I mean, you can't tell me that's not how it works. You know, we've got politicians who are not voting their principles. They're voting their pocketbooks. Or I don't know. Maybe they are voting their principles. And they're just making some extra money along the way. Uh, the Daily Caller says that the donations in question reportedly came from the Ohio Children's Hospital Association in the amount of $20,000, Cincinnati Children's Hospital in the amount of $300, Nationwide Children's Hospital in the amount of 10 grand, and ProMedica Children's Hospital also in the amount of $10,000. At least one of the hospitals, according to the article, Cincinnati Children's has a transgender health center that accepts patients as young as five years old. 
and it does not list an age limit for starting drugs like puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. No age limit. And we will accept patients as young as five because there are five-year-olds that know they want to be the other gender. And by golly, we're a hospital and we're centered on the health of our patients. And we know and understand these five-year-olds know exactly what they want. And so we're going to create this transgender health center. Uh, it's not right. That's that's my point. My point here is it's not right. And the question is, does DeWine make this veto based upon you know, money he's receiving from these hospitals? DeWine defended his veto in a press conference saying, quote, parents have looked me in the eye and told me, but for this treatment, their child would be dead. Okay. Um, I mean, we know that's what that's what the activists are encouraging parents. I don't know that they're encouraging parents to say that, but I mean, that's the mantra from the activists. I mean, either you do this or you're going to have a dead child. So would you like to have uh, a living little Johnny as a girl or do you want a dead little Johnny? I mean, that's really how they how they pose it. And parents are like, I don't want my child to die. So, I mean, we better do this. And, you know, that's what DeWine is saying. He's been told. Uh, he says, I have also been told by those who are now grown adults that but for this care, they would have taken their life when they were teenagers. Um, I, I mean, at, at the same token, there's people... And we've talked about them here. I mean, we've gone over the articles. There are people that have had the surgery that feel like it has almost stolen their life, and they they want their life back. Uh, they want to, um, you know, detransition, and, and and we've talked about that here. Uh, Dewine continues: the consequences of this bill could not be more profound. He says, ultimately, I believe this is about protecting human life. And, you know, that question could also be presented on the flip side. You know, how many human lives would you save if this bill would, would be enacted? I mean, you've got, you've got five-year-olds, all right, here at Cincinnati Children's. They have a transgender health center that accepts patients as young as five. You cannot tell me that a five-year-old wants to be the other gender. I mean, you can't. That five-year-old doesn't know what it wants. All right. Um, I mean, when I was five, I was Godzilla for crying out loud. And had there been, had there been a, a, a an operation that would have made me Godzilla, I would have signed up for it. And, and don't you think that would have destroyed my life if <laughs> if there was a, a doctor out there that had surgically applied a Godzilla tail and Godzilla spikes to me? Yes, it would have ruined me. Unless, of course, I would have had this sweet ability to breathe fire. I mean, I would have gone for that. I still might go for that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I would not go for that. My point is that a five-year-old cannot make this decision on their own. And you have Cincinnati Children's, and they're saying, yeah, this, let's let the five-year-old make this decision. And so this is what DeWine's basing his veto on? Uh, you know, DeWine's got an answer to the voters of Ohio. If you live in Ohio 
and you voted for Mike DeWine to be your governor, you might want to reconsider that vote come 2026 when when DeWine is back up. Um, you know, he, he might not have won had Trump not um, endorsed him. He, he, he might not have won. And we'll just leave that right there. I, I think that, I think we've got to be paying attention, kids, next fall. I mean, you've got to know who you're voting for. Where do they stand? Do they align with your values? And this is the year to not cower. To, to, we've got to stop cowering. I don't believe this audience cowers, by the way. Uh, you know, but if you know somebody who's cowering in fear about what someone's going to say about you, if you start speaking your values, uh, resist that, resist that fear. The the probably the most often commanded commandment, if I can say it that way, in the Bible is fear not. Don't be afraid. Oh, the Bible's full of these horrible commands. I mean, it's uh, it's. It's all, what did the judge say here? It's it's puritanical. It's got all these commands in it, all these things that you can't do. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's most often repeated command is don't be afraid. Fear not, my friends. And that's, that's the command, ultimately, of 2024. We got to go into 2024 without fear. Uh, let's, let's speak the truth. Let's speak our values. Uh, let's go after a meaningful life in 2024. We talked about it yesterday. Let's forget the resolutions and let's just pursue meaning. Um, I mean, we got to go after it. If you live in California, all of my California friends and relatives, I've got some out there in California. You have got to, uh, you, <laughs> you're top of the list. You got to speak the truth in 2024. If you live in the Bay Area, or anywhere near the Hayward Unified School District. Uh, it serves over 19,000 students from pre-K to high school. And it is directing its students to watch films that promote transgenderism and highlight how treatments such as puberty blockers can work for them. Yeah, this is happening. Uh, one of the documents created by the district, I'm, I'm reading this article this is entitled, California Schools Push Kids to Watch Films on Transgenderism that Showcase Puberty Blockers. Uh, one of the documents created by the district gives a guide to, quote, LGBTQ inclusive films, including one for those in fifth grade uh, that aims to showcase the diversity of experiences of gender. It centers around a 12-year-old girl who's not sure if she wants to be a girl, a boy, or something in between when she grows up because the 12-year-old has the capability to decide. You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm a girl, but I don't know. I might want to be a boy. I don't know. I might want to be something in between. All right. The fact that you have a school promoting a documentary of a 12-year-old girl that's undecided if she wants to be a girl or a boy and she thinks she might want to be something in between. Okay, you can't be. I'm sorry, little girl. You you can't be something in between. There is such a thing as, as binary. <laughs> There's only two genders. 
I mean, you can be a girl or a boy, but you cannot be something in between. And I'm also here to tell you that if you're a girl, you, you can't become a boy. Oh, Dean, how dare you say that a girl can't become a boy? Of course she can't. No, no, she can't. All right. She's a girl and she can't become a boy. I mean, she might have some surgery that, uh, you know, removes her breasts. She might have a surgery that attaches, you know, some other anatomical parts. Uh, but, you know, she's still a girl. She still has all the insides of a girl. Um, you know, once you're a girl, you're a girl. I mean, you're going to get in there and get those insides removed. And, you know, I guess, you know, maybe biologically at that point, um, you know, you get yourself cleaned out, your ovaries are gone and I mean, whatever the things that, that make you up a, a girl biologically, um, you know, in your heart, you're still a girl. I'm sorry. I, I just am. I mean, that's, Dean, how dare you? You're you're speaking against medical science. It, no, I'm speaking against buffoonery. That's what I'm speaking against. And it's a sad day in America when you have a school district that serves over 19,000 students and you're promoting documentaries that, you know, are lying to these kids and telling them, hey, you know, I mean, maybe if you're a girl, you should become a boy or or something in between. Um, you know, it's 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 demonic. To give her more time to decide, back to the documentary of the 12-year-old girl, to give her more time to decide, her doctor has put her on a medication that will suppress the hormones that are causing her body to change before she's ready. That's the synopsis of the film. Uh, no... Uh, the doctor is making the decision for her. You know, when, when he puts her on a medication that will suppress the hormones that cause her body to change, to give her more time to decide, uh-uh, he's done made the decision. Uh, it's not giving her more time. I mean, it's already started the process. You, you know, but you, you've got this documentary and you're giving it to, you know, you're showing it to elementary, middle school, high school kids whose brains are not fully developed yet. And they're thinking, oh, I mean, of course it's going to give her more time to decide. That's what the science is telling her. It's what the medical white coats are saying. I mean, they speak the truth. Not in California, they don't, kids. Uh, the school district also pushes a film titled Straight Laced, How Genders Got Us All Tied Up. The film criticizes traditional understandings of sex. The film's trailer opens with an individual saying, uh, notice how it says an individual, so we don't know if it's a male or a female. But this person, this is the, the trailer opens up with this person saying, I like to play with gender roles because it confuses people. And I like it when a guy thinks that I'm a girl and then figures out that I'm not a girl. I love that. All right, so this individual, I guess, is a man. Let's just Let's just call it what it is. It's a man. Uh, and he he likes confusing people. I like it when a guy thinks that I'm a girl and then figures out that I'm not a girl. I love that. Uh, you know who's not the author of confusion? Yeah, God. God is not the author of confusion. 
And if God is not the author of confusion, then I wonder who is the author of confusion? I mean, could it be Satan? <laughs> could it be the devil himself? Um, I mean, it certainly is evil. You know, being confused is not a good thing. There's nothing good about, about you know, we have a president who's confused right now, and it's not good. Um, and I, I'm not making fun of him. I mean, medically, I mean, he's in trouble. He's confused. You know, when, when people get, it, when they hit old age and they become confused, it's not a good thing. It's nothing to be proud of. It's nothing to be um, heralded. Uh, as this amazing thing, well, he's entered the state of confusion in his life. Well, he's he's to be honored and to be respected because he's confused. No, uh, we we put them in homes for their safety, you know, because they are confused. You know, confusion is never a good thing. And again, I'm not making fun of the of the young people who are confused. I'm going after the adults in their lives, the influencers in their lives who are promoting this confusion. That's what we're speaking out against. We're speaking out against those people that would enable this confusion to take place. And by the school district promoting this documentary in elementary, middle school, and high school, they're enabling the, the confusion. And there's nothing right about it. And we're not going to roll over. We're not going to not talk about it. We're going to shout it from the rooftops. We're going to speak out against things that are evil. We're going to call evil, evil. And we're not going to let it be called good. Not here, not on this show, not going to do it. <laughs> Welcome to 2024, kids. We're going after it. We are going after it with a vengeance. But there's hope on the horizon. I'm telling you, there is hope. There is hope. All right. We will talk more about hope tomorrow. Thank you for joining me today. That is all the time we have, America. Reach out to your friends and family. Encourage them to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age. <laughs>